going on with our lives. We just rearranged our bed so more kids could sleep in it. The spy wanted to sleep in our bed last night along with the king and the namesake. And so I rearranged the bed, but I did it wrong, so we had to fix it. It's not like a, just looking at my coffee mug and there's a dead spider in it. Son of a gun. That, I mean, look, if I could make. Hang on. Um, sorry, I gotta wash this. Oh my god, it's disgusting. I, uh, so we rearranged the bed, and then as soon as he realized he's gonna be sleeping next to his older brother, the king. He refused. Oh, I'm sorry, I say he. You threw a tantrum and went to your bed and So, a little frustrating. But, anyways, I, um, I told him, I said, uh, as you were storming off, I told him, I said, hey, when you go to sleep, I'm going to pick you up and put you in our bed. To which your oldest brother, the namesake, said, Dad, that's really mean. You shouldn't do that. So, it's nice. Oh, I got a Dr. Pepper. It's nice to hear you guys advocate for each other. I like that. My dad always said the first person you ever stand up to is your own parent. So, that's, I like that a lot. So, what else is going on in our lives? Uh... Am I also opening up mail as I've talked to you guys? Um, saw a movie the other day called Top Gun Maverick, which is a sequel to a movie that came out when I was seven years old. My father took me to see this the first movie called Top Gun in 1986. And it's got this really cool soundtrack. Um, your... Grandpa, all this noise. Your grandpa loved the movie, and there's a there's an opening soundtrack to the movie. It's like this really cool, like instrumental like song. It's like it, I think every movie should start with this song. It's like this cool epic, you know, and then like um, rumbling sound, and which introduces pilots and their roles in on an aircraft carrier, and it's, it's just, it's amazing. And then there's like this deep bell sound. Maybe at the end of this episode, the episode will start to close with that and then, then uh, fade into the whatever song I've got. 
So, growing up, uh, my dad would just play that start of the movie. He would just play the beginning of Top Gun, but we would have these enormous speakers, like three feet tall, by like one foot or two feet wide, and he would just blast it, and the windows in our house would just shake. Just that scene, just like the beginning, the opening few minutes, just to hear that song. And it would melt into the song uh, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, which, who doesn't love that? When we, what, me and my good friend, when we went to see it the other night, the sequel to Tuckman started with that song too. And, uh, took a lot of energy to hold back the tears. Music. Some music does that to me. My dad and I saw a lot of movies together. He took me to a lot of movies. Probably inappropriate, some of them. And, uh, and uh, I, just vivid memories of him and me spending time together. Got my hot chocolate. Don't want to drink coffee this morning for reasons I'll tell you later on. No coffee on my breath. Winding back to my office. Oh boy. There it is. Let's see my bracelet. Found it. Okay. I believe an angel visited me in a dream, either that or God himself. And I'll tell you about it. So my dad told me stories about when he thought there was some divine intervention in his life. Lately, I've been really down on myself for a lot of reasons. Some I would consider legitimate and uh, really beating myself up. And I, I had a dream I was walking on the road or something. I, don't know, I forget hard to pinpoint where I was, but I, I was walking, and the, uh, there was a street, and out of nowhere, this, like, tall, very, very tall black man, I, I'd say seven feet tall, big, muscular, he was wearing, like, some shimmering whatever, it wasn't, like, very, very noticeable, but he was wearing, I forget what he was wearing, and he looks at me, and he grabs my hand, and he says, don't be scared, but you got to stop you really gotta stop beating yourself up. Everything's gonna work out. There's something of that nature. Don't be afraid, everything's gonna work out. Stop being so hard on yourself. And I remember the grip was so hard, but comforting. Um, and then the dream ended. And, and I didn't remember having it in the dream until like later that afternoon. Sorry. So. It's just hard to explain. So, sorry. I, I wish I knew more. wish I could explain more. That was a good hot chocolate. The goal is to read here and then go home and... On the way home, there's a produce market. Hopefully it's open. Buy some bananas. And uh, maybe I'll make some... 
Nutella and banana crepes for you kids this morning. For a dessert. We'll make, I'll make linguise and eggs, of course. So. I love breakfast with you guys on Saturdays. It's fun. You guys come downstairs, watch whatever cartoon, you know, you go on YouTube, which we don't allow, but you still try. And I, uh, I appreciate just the family time with you guys. Even though you guys kind of can't stand it in a way. <sighs> so, 1 Kings 8 is where we're at. Solomon is about to bring the ark in the temple, do a bunch of prayers. The Lord appears to him in one of these chapters. Just, let's see. Let's read it. The plan is to read 8, 9, and 10 today. Shouldn't be too hard. Shouldn't be too hard. Okay. Chapter 8. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up, and King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted in or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles, and the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary. But they could not be seen from outside. And they are there to this day. Now, let me just stop for a second. When, when the person says they are there to this day, it doesn't mean like present day. Right now I'm talking 2022. So when it was written, I think in 565 BC, even during the exile, because the, an exiled Jewish, I think, scholar wrote First and Second Kings. Uh, during the exile. So that's that's what that means to this day. There's nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone that Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priests came out to the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house, filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have indeed built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hands has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel, out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build a house. 
but your son, who shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel. As the Lord promised, and I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have provided a place for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. You have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand have fulfilled it this day. Now therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, Keep for your servant David, my father, what you have promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. There's a long chapter. Give me a second. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant to his, whole, to his plea. O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, My name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place. And listen to the plea of your servant and the people Israel. Then they pray toward this place, and listen in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor, and is made to take an oath, and comes and swears his oath before your altar in his house, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing his conduct on his own head, and vindicating the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they have sinned against you, and if they turn again to you and acknowledge your name and pray and plead with you in this house, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them again to the land that you gave to their fathers. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, if they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and turn from their sin, when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, when you teach them the good way in which they should walk, and grant rain upon your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. If there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence or blight or mildew or locust or caterpillar, if their enemy besieges them in the land at their gates, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all of your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands toward the house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place, and forgive and act and render to each though whose heart you know according to all his ways. For you, you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land that you gave to our fathers. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country, for, for your name's sake, for they shall hear of your great name and your mighty hand and all of your outstretched arms, when he comes and prays toward this house, here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls 
to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I've built is called by your name. Give me a second. If your people go out to battle against their enemy, by whatever way you shall send them, and they pray to the Lord toward the city that you have chosen, and the house that I have built for your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their plea, and maintain their cause. If they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them, and give them to an enemy, so that they are carried away captive to the land of the enemy, far off or near. Yet if they turn their heart in the land to which they have been carried captive and repent, and plead with you in the land of their captors, saying, We have sinned and have acted perversely and wickedly. If they repent with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, who carry them captive and pray to you toward their land, which you gave to their fathers, the city that you have chosen and the house that I have built for your name, then hear in heaven your dwelling place their prayer and their plea, and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions that they have committed against you, and grant them compassion in the sight of those who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them, for they are your people and your heritage, which you brought out of Egypt from the midst of the iron furnace. Let your eyes be open to the plea of your servant and to the plea of your people Israel, giving ear to them whenever they call to you, for you separated them from among all the peoples of the earth to be your heritage. As you declared through Moses, your servant, when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, our Lord God. Now as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, where he had knelt with hands outstretched towards heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all of his good promise, which he spoke by Moses, his servant. The Lord our God be with us, and he was with our fathers, oh, excuse me, as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Let these words of mine, with which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, and may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. Then the king and all Israel stood with him, offered sacrifice before the Lord. Solomon offered his peace offerings to the Lord, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day the king consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to receive the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offering. So Solomon held the feast at that time, and all Israel with him, a great assembly from Lebo Hamath to the brook of Egypt, before the Lord our God, seven days. On the eighth day, he sent the people away, and they blessed the king, and went to their homes, joyful and glad of heart, for all the goodness that the Lord had shown to David his servant, to his to Israel his people. Chapter eight's a long chapter. Very, very long chapter. Give me a second.
prayer of dedication. <clears throat> Alright, chapter 9. As soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all that Solomon desired to build, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your plea, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will, walk before me, as David your father walked, with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man of the throne of Israel, but if you turn aside from following me, you or your children, and do not keep my commandments and my statutes that I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land that I have given them. And the house that I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight, and Israel will become a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by it will be astonished and will hiss, and they will say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this disaster on them. At the end of the twenty-two, excuse me, at the end of twenty-two years in which Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Hiram, king of Tyre, had supplied Solomon with cedar and cypress, timber, and gold, as much as he desired, King Solomon gave to Hiram twenty cities in the land of Galilee. But when Hiram came from Tyre to see the cities that Solomon had given him, they did not please him. Therefore he said, What kind of cities are these that you have given me, my brother? So they are called the land of Kabul to this day. Hiram had sent to the king 120 talents of gold. And this is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon drafted to build the house of the Lord, and his own house, and the Milo, and the wall of Jerusalem, and Hazor, and Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had gone out and captured Gezer, and burned it with fire, and had killed the Canaanites who lived in the city, and given it as a dowry to his daughter, Solomon's wife. So Solomon rebuilt Gezer, and lower Beshoran, and Balath, and Tamar, in the wilderness, in the land of Judah, and all the store cities, that Solomon had, and the seas for his chariots, and seas for his horsemen, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. All the people who were left of the, who were left of the Amorites, the Hittites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites were not of the people of Israel. Their descendants who were left after them in the land, whom the people of Israel were unable to devote to destruction, these Solomon drafted to be slaves, so they are to this day. But of the people of Israel, so they are. The, but of the people of Israel, Solomon made no slaves. They were the soldiers. They were the, his officials, his commanders, his captains, his chariot commanders, and his horsemen. These were the chief officers who were over Solomon's work. Five hundred fifty who had charge of the people who carried the work. But Pharaoh's daughter went up from the city of David to her own house that Solomon had built for her. Then he built the Milo. Three times a year, Solomon used to offer up burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar that he built to the Lord, making offerings with it before the Lord. So he finished the his, so he finished the house. King Solomon built a fleet of ships at Ezion Geber, which is near Eloth, on the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. 
And Hiram sent with his fleet his servants, seamen, who were familiar with the sea, together with the servants of Solomon. And they went to Ophir and brought their, from their gold 420 talents, and they brought it to King Solomon. This is the gold I was talking about earlier. And so they found archaeologists, like non-believing, agnostic, atheist archaeologists believe that they found Offer, uh, where they found the gold. 420 talents of gold. I want to say it's about 25 tons of gold. It's a lot of gold. It's a lot. Chapter 10. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue, with camels bearing spices, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There is nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food at his table, and the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he had offered to the house of the Lord, there is no more breath in her. And she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I had not believed the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king, that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then he gave the king, then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir a very great amount of almug wood and precious stones. And the king made the almug wood supports for the house of the Lord, and for the king's house also lyres and harps for the singers. No such almug wood has come to be seen to this day. And King Solomon gave to the Queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what was given her by the bounty of the king of King Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now the weight of the gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold, besides that which came from the explorers and from the business of merchants and from all the kings of the west and from the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went into each shield, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold, three minas of gold, which went into each shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a great ivory throne and overlaid it with the finest gold. The throne had six steps, and the throne had a round top, and on each side of the seat were armrests and two lions standing beside the armrests, while twelve lions stood there, on one on each end of the of a step on the six steps. The like of it was never made in any kingdom. All King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold, and all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver. Silver was not considered as anything in the days of Solomon. For the king had a fleet of ships of Tarshish, 
uh, of Tarshish at sea, and the fleet of Hiram. Once every three years, the fleet of ships and of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Wow. Thus King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. And the whole earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his mind. Every one of them brought his present articles of silver and gold, garments, myrrh, spices, horses, and mules, so much year by year. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the, the king of Jerusalem. And the king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stone, and he made cedar as plentiful as the sycamore of the Shephelah. And Solomon's import of horses from Egypt and Q, and the king's traders received them from Q at a price. A chariot could be imported from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver, and a horse for 150. And so through the king's traders, they were exported to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. We were to stop there. Yeah, I want to mention something in chapter 10. Where was it? I, th- I believe that this throne that Solomon designed is going to be um, the throne God sits on when we make it to heaven. That's what I think. We'll see. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised that when I take my final breath, the first things I see is that throne and God on it. So, it's quarter to 6 a.m. right now, and I head back home. We're having a soccer party for the namesake's recreational soccer team. So I'm going to go home and clean the house after I make breakfast. I may even, I may even uh, come home, or I may even go back to bed. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, so... I'm going to start reading this more. Can't wait to go home and cuddle with one of you guys. really miss you. I mean, I love doing this right now, and I hope it has an impact one day, but, but I really, um, really hope that... I really hope you guys appreciate what I'm doing. That's all. That's all. You don't have to... You don't have to uh, praise me or, you know, but I, I, I hope you guys realize this is a... Big endeavor. Because I love you guys so much. You have many, many hours of my voice. I miss you, kids. I love you more than you could possibly fathom. So, I'm going to walk home soon. And uh, just remember, in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king.
Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested and my life began But then Jesus 